Welcome to the November 2018 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top of the page. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the website. I am Annie, and in this book, I am embodied by the medium's office manager. Um, I'm also your apprentice sound engineer and podcast editor, proud member, and perpetual cheerleader of the San Francisco chapter of Forever Young Adult. I'm Britt, and I am the screw hope I want to fudge sickle. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great one. Yeah. And I'm Amanda, and I am the pile of Hershey Kisses that comes pouring out of Cody's locker. Just a tidal wave of Hershey Kisses. I would have liked to see that. Yes. So here at Bookplate, we divide the book up into portions like a meal and we always start with our amuse-bouche this is an impressive debut novel by judy israel is it judy julie julie israel i'm like that's not the right word julie israel junie juniper lemon is obsessed with holes that mark the space her sister filled in her life we meet her on the first day of school 65 days into her mourning what follows is a poignant and artistic view of loss and how each of us process differently any other comments on that yeah, I think that covers it. Yeah. Am I missing any important things? I think that's good. Oops. Oh, here we go. All right. So we also do an other cover take where we ask our significant others what they think the book is about based on just looking at the cover alone. I asked Jamile, and he said, a party of all the things that make you happy, except her face looks sad. So maybe an index of the things that you think make you happy, but they actually don't in the long run. Hmm. Interesting. Garrett said, well, she definitely doesn't look happy. She looks like she's trying to forget something or block something out. Or maybe she has anger management issues. I'm like, all of those are kind of true in a way. Like, she's sort of trying to block out, you know, what she feels is her role in her sister's death. And then she does go on a smashing ceramics rampage. So I'll give you that. Sure. (laughs) And Phil said it looked like somebody was throwing her a party and she did not want to attend. Yeah, because of all the confetti and the confetti. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the confetti ab- is about. I don't either. There's like no celebration. <laughs> yeah, there's no real party. If it was Axe Body Spray or Gummy Worms, which right. kept getting <laughs> mentioned a lot, like then maybe <laughs> I would understand it more. But uh, I mean, gummy bears would work. They're the same, you know, color palette as the confetti. It, it looked like an Instagram sense. thirst trap. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's a really beautiful photo. Mm-hmm. Like whoever did it designed it really well. But it's like, yeah. It, I was also confused. I was like, so she's gonna have a party and she doesn't want it. <laughs> like it does look like party. All right. Our appetizer is wintergreen gum. Junie's first interaction with the character Nate, he offers her wintergreen gum. And the main piece, which the book is very clearly about, is death of a loved one. We have talked about it multiple times. This is a standard YA trope. And this book is literally built entirely around that concept. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's a really good take on it, but I'm curious what you thought. I was reading Amazon reviews, and one of the first reviews I read said, this book was so refreshing. There wasn't a single trope in it. And I'm like, what are you it was full of tropes the death of a loved one that is the catalyst for everything they do uh the bad boy the love triangle because like you know they were the author was trying to make it a thing with nate and um and brand 
I'm like, no, they're it's full of tropes. The band, <laughs> the bad boy in the band, bad boy in the band, the start of school. You know, the like timeline. You know, often with YA, we get like the start of it's after summer, start of school. Mm-hmm. You know, until end of school, and also like the morality play coming into place like texting and driving drinking at parties and now somebody dies like kind of thing yeah you know? like that yeah it was pretty trope heavy but i, I thought it was a uh, super corny you thought it was super corny <laughs> i really didn't like this book i thought it was just a waste of everybody's time it was like vanilla pudding it was just like <laughs> so bland and I did not enjoy it at all. I'm really sick of the waspy mom on Valium who cannot handle grief <laughs> and like making her other child feel like they should have been the one who died. Like it's just, can we tell, there has to be another reaction to grief and mm. I would like to somebody see somebody write about it. That would be good. Yeah. I don't know. I had, I had mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I, th- I did do a good job of showing different ways that people process grief even though yeah that take is one that's been done there was the mom who just retreated everybody's like awkwardness around her or like even when they would say something as innocuous as like oh yeah siblings can't live with them can't live with the uh, awkward you know mm-hmm. like because people say stuff like that in my middle school um there was a kid whose mom died in the middle of the school year and like you know when he came back to school someone said like made a yo mama joke and like he ran out of class crying like it people don't think before they say things so i thought it explored a lot of different angles and there's juniper who like is like all right yeah i'm fine i guess whatever and then goes on a rampage where she's punching bags of garbage and throwing other people's artwork around and yeah I did not want to like it because I was like, oh, my God, death of a loved one. I'm going to hate everything about this. And it grew on me. I think especially because her characterization is so good. I think they they might be like tropey characters, but they felt real to me in a way that sometimes. Well, this is actually one of the other things I have down here. But sometimes I feel like we just get window dressing instead of um, actual cast. And I felt like everybody who was involved was actually like a character that needed to be there for a specific reason and had like things I remembered about them in general. And this is also, I have later too, but I also really liked the structure. We can talk about that next, which I have in the main course, which is food fight pizza. (laughs) Um, That was actually one of my favorite scenes is the food fight in the attic. It just felt like one of those giddy friend experiences that were super high school and super real. Like I definitely had one of those. I was going (laughs) to ask, do food fights happen in real life? Because I've only seen them on TV. Yeah, I've never been in one. Like, oh, definitely in high school, there was a few different times where the friend group I would get into, maybe not like a fight, but we would all like get ice cream and like share ice cream together until it melted and made a mess all over the floor. Or like we had candy and spilled it. You know, it was just like high school stuff like that. I don't think mm. I've ever thrown pizza at anybody. There's definitely a food fight. Actually, there was a food fight at my high school. Like, did someone actually yell, boo? <laughs> well, because that it's not official until someone right until someone yells it. Makes that call. I was not in the cafeteria when this happened, but it actually got m- the media. The gossip that went around about it was that it was a racially motivated motivated food oh, that's fight. That's less fun. Yeah. So uh, there was a food fight, but I think people were be were throwing inappropriate language around. Um, oh. So I stayed away from my high school uh, cafeteria for many reasons. I actually never ate a meal there. <laughs> but yeah I liked that scene 
and the structure of the novel. It could be said that the novel is actually overstructured in the mm-hmm. way that it's laid out. I actually liked the format. It appealed to a number of my senses and helped me ground in the character. I just was wondering how that worked for you, too. I listened to the audiobook, so I think I missed out on some of that. But I do like the inclusion of lists and letters and things that make it more like dossier-like. The structure I like, and I remember the structure is, and I read it this morning, so that should tell you something, is uh, these the chapter headings are weird because she's doing it by index card right, or yeah. day instead of the thing. I don't know. You read the whole thing this morning. Oh my well, god! I read to the like last forty minutes. I read. Yeah, she to told me we we're gonna listen to the last forty on the audiobook, and I don't know what that is. So I think I read to like page two hundred and sixty-eight out of three hundred. It's a long novel. I mean, three hundred. Like, I mean, I'm a very quick reader, and like, I just you know, fuck. I was just not interested. It's just, I didn't understand what was going on like why she was digging through trash for a week to find a card because the card might get out but it's in the trash do you think the mean girl is going to go root around the trash for it it was just like all these little points that didn't make any sense to me just sort of contributed to my not caring about the character Mm. and what kind of weak ass bullying is giving someone candy (laughs) that's what the mean girl she's like here's free candy (laughs) feel my rage and your shame and i'm like it's candy well, I thought the implication was that Cody She's had fat. like lost a bunch of weight yeah. over the summer or something where she was coming out of her shell more and being more confident and the mean girl wanted to like knock her down a peg. And then her last name was Hotchkiss, which sounded like Hershey Kiss. I don't know. So what? So Bullies are like, dumb it's like, like that. psychological train of kind I of guess. torture. Maybe it was so real that it ventured for me into banal and mm. made it not really read worthy because it's like nice when things are real but I always want them to be punchier than real life just to keep my interest and yeah because all of those things like definitely got made fun of for very close things to my name that like or just called my last name because it's different you know like in a mean psychological bully way which then makes you feel less or um what was the other thing I was gonna say Oh, when she's digging through the trash. I totally went dumpster diving in high school. Did you do it because you thought you had lost an index card that a mean girl would find it, know your secrets, and then bully you based on those secrets? And then the next day, you attack said mean girl by throwing milk on her and then beating her. So you're clearly so scared of her that you would go into a dumpster with a boy with Axe body spray for a week. (laughs) You dirty bitch. (laughs) I think we can end it right there, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Book appetite, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. Did I physically attack anybody? I more verbally attacked people when I was cornered. Don't think I ever physically attacked people. I mean, as a teacher, you know, there's, you know, you have to tell kids there's never, there's never a reason to put your hands on someone. But like the fact that the mean girl got off like scot-free, she was saying horrible things and like really preying on I don't I wouldn't even argue a sensitive set like that's just beyond like someone's sensitivity like her sister died yeah and she's just like oh I'm trying to like the bulletin board or whatever when she rips down the thing and she's like oh yeah this is for the living you know like really people are mean and dumb like that yeah but like you know you punish the the physical violence because it's what you can see and clearly say like no that's not allowed but then the the sneakier like bullying goes under the rug and like as far as we know there were no consequences for for what she said even when the teacher overheard her and knew that that was the reason 
that we know why the teacher didn't want to get too closely involved (laughs) did not want to draw attention to his name linked with her strongly suspect that (laughs) the bod is you (laughs) (laughs) okay because he's in high school that makes sense now i get it yeah i thought it was real but i thought it was like done in a way that was interesting to me I mean, maybe it's because it was, like, very, very, very real. Like, it felt very much like my high school experience. Even the dumpster diving, I did not do it because I was trying to find... No, maybe I was trying to find something that I threw away. But it ended up being kind of, like, art project-y the way she does it, where she has all these found objects that she turns into an alternative art project. I then, like, went dumpster diving regularly to find the crazy shit people would throw away Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, this is a perfectly fine notebook. And, like, there were some secrets in there, you Mm -hmm. know, and... So that I was like, oh, I thought that was like some special thing that not everyone did. I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not that special, but I'm interested (laughs) in like why other people would do the same thing. I did not go through the wet garbage, though. That's really gross. Mm. I mean, you could think about it as just, you know, a manifestation of her grief. Like she's desperately trying to find physical things that she can hold on to that remind her of Camilla. And even though this is like, her secret shame like that part of her still wants to like if I can just find it and hold on to it then I will like have that like when he when oh, I'm trying to remember when she had something that he said why didn't she just throw it away maybe it was after they she after he found out what was on the card and he oh. said you should throw it away but she was she was really adamant about holding on to it even though it's like not a secret that she wanted to get out like it's still some part of her sister and some part of her relationship with her sister that went unresolved maybe i'm just reading too much into it maybe she was just like yay trash (laughs) (laughs) trash is fascinating i wonder what oscar the grouch would have to say i i think i'm going to be oscar the grouch for halloween next year my mom made me an oscar the grouch costume when i was like three and i had a sign that said have a rotten day (laughs) that is adorable that is so cute I've been a cynic since day one. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this. Everything is garbage. <laughs> I, what was I, God, I can't remember. And also, oh. like, her art project, wasn't that, like, Post Secret, the website? Post Secret? Mm. You guys remember that? Yeah. I used to, like, when I was working, like, I would spend most of my day on Post Secret reading people's secrets. But yeah, like I used to re- read it religiously every week. I think I still follow the guy on Twitter, so I see him every once in a while. But, yeah, it is very Post Secret-y. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Mm. I was thinking about, okay, so the structure, which is what I liked about it, was that she has had this significant trauma with the death of her sister, and she is desperately trying to grasp anything that makes things make sense. Mm -hmm. And so just having, like, a physical structure so that your brain isn't in this just, like, going off whatever which way, like, you know, okay, so tomorrow I have to do this, tomorrow I have to do this. It's, like, taking one step forward. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... I have been incredibly fortunate, and I'm going to knock on wood right now, to not have a family member that close to me pass away in in any sort of traumatic way, but I feel like I would be totally lost like a ship without a moor, and I would need something just to make me move forward. And, like, this made me think, oh, I could build something that would make that possible for me. The art projects, and this is only because I've been doing things at work, a lot of visual art, it's very like collage based or like, you know, imagery based in that way. And there are a lot of people who make a lot of money doing that. So I thought it was interesting that this art form, which I have 
certain feelings about, uh, you know, about what we value and like whose art gets valued. But I thought it was interesting that this was recognized as an art form that people are doing and that there was like the alternative art school or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that's an option. You know, I think ki- young people don't know, like when you are somewhat obsessive and you are making collections and like you have your collections or whatever, like you don't know you can actually translate that into something that people might be interested in. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. But again, yeah, I mean, you are right. It is very mundane and very banal. And like there's not a lot of punchy stuff going on. So if that's what you're looking for, that's not what's in the report. I think a lot of people are looking for that, and I'm just not one of those people. Totally. Did you guys see that post by the actual teenager about what they want to see in YA? The one who said that, around? like, no offense, but Six of Crows is not for us. Yeah. No yeah. way, really? Yeah, there's this. it was going around through all the literary agents were tweeting about it. And so she wrote a blog post saying, you're forgetting actual teenagers in your YA. I want to see stuff, like, that reflects me and the people who are actually like me. And I was like, there's a lot of that already. Yeah. The literary world is wide and has room for everybody. Like, we shouldn't only make books that, you know, necessarily you like or whatever. But I think maybe she would like this book. I feel it feels very real. It feels very teenage. Like, so there you go. That's that's a book for that girl. <laughs> right. Where Six of Crows I would have, like, devoured as a 14-year-old. Right. Because I think YA actually has become an umbrella for a lot of women's sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. that has feminist-focused and is about not having to deal with the extra pressures the world put on you as a woman that it doesn't put on you as a girl. It's so it's sort of a retreat space when which we can have sci-fi and fantasy and have it be ours and not have to defend ourselves or our taste or put up with stuff that we have to in adult science fiction and fantasy. Right, and it's beca- and it's easier to get published in not easier. It's there's more of that going on in why uh, like YA than there is in like the adult sci-fi world. Like well, at least maybe now we're expanding more, you know, but when I was a kid, like all of the sci-fi that I had to read was all male written mm-hmm. fa- like Heinlein and mm-hmm. you know, Dune and all of that stuff and it was hard for me to find work written by women and it was not revered in any sort of way at the same level as those the male classics you know and now I feel like the stuff that I totally love and revere in YA the women are it's women authors about that in sci-fi and fantasy that are at the height you know for what I want to read right you know I could only read Judy Bloom so much (laughs) like I couldn't (laughs) do it yeah when I was a kid that there wasn't actually that much YA and what was was pretty juvenile and pretty basic and I would tend as a teenager to read adult stuff yeah you know and I think the world has expanded and they have so many more options and I think that options are limited yeah and I think yeah so like if you're looking for a book that is about the teenage experience I think this probably fits the bill definitely and also why would you why would you I'm so confused about like that person's motivation of like you're forgetting teenagers like just don't read fantasy then like you know, I don't know if it was like an argument against fantasy necessarily. She was just saying, like, none of the characters in Six of Crows act like teenagers. Um, but was what one of the points teenagers in this like world that this lady has created act like? You know, right. like maybe the conditions are harsher and will make you act in a different manner. And like, I don't know. So, and thank God they don't, because I'm done with teen. You know, like when I was a kid, I was like, I want to get as far away from all of these teenagers <laughs> that are in my reality as possible. You know, yeah. I just finished reading Tamora Pierce. You know, I've read every single thing Tamora Pierce has <laughs> written. <laughs> and I was not disappointed again <laughs> because I love all of it, you know. 
I will continue to read that. And then I immediately started reading more to more appears in her short story collection. And I was like, not upset about that. You know, I could read fantasy stories for days. And she has kids in her book, like the one that I just finished. There's a girl as young as like 13 who's taught herself how to fight and beats like an 18 year old boy in a like one on one battle mm-hmm. because, you know, she's had to learn how to do this on her own and has learned from the ostriches on like on how to kick. And I'm like, yes, I, <laughs> that is nothing like my reality at all. But fuck yes. <laughs> taking ostrich lessons. Right. <laughs> I do like her books. Doesn't she have one more romantic lead as a crow? Like he's like a he will change into a crow and then back out of one, but he lives with crows oh. as a crow most of the time. Like there's like a side character that is yes, I don't think he's the romantic. That's in the, the, the Caribbean thing? one. The, oh, the oh yes, you're totally right. The yeah. tricksters ones. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, she has a lot of like gods in her books. Mm. Like the one I just finished, like the God of Crocodiles, shows up a lot, and it's <gasps> amazing. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> like God of Crocodiles is not coming to my high school. <laughs> No matter how much we prayed for (laughs) (laughs) Come come crocodile. Come crocodile god. Come into the football team. (laughs) Swim on the stream. We get the swimming too. Oh man. Uh, the dessert I have on here is the fudge sickle, which you already brought oh. up. That is my, that's the <laughs> that's best funny. dessert. The, I, like I said, I listened to the audiobook. We were listening to it in the car yeah. the last like few minutes of it on the way over here. And the way that the, that the narrator read it was, it was something like, screw hope, I'm getting a fudge sickle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, we god just damn it. I a laugh there. It was so funny. Yeah. I should have <laughs> bookmarked the clip. Yeah, that, that is my, I was like, yes, the fuck it fu- fudge sickle. <laughs> And I can find it by the end of this episode. <laughs> do it. And then the other one I put on here are gummy bear cupcakes, which mm. uh, she makes specifically for Brand without telling him. Um, and I brought this up already, but the the supporting cast I actually really enjoyed. Even if we only see them once, there's something remarkable about them, which is why I brought up the medium's office manager. That was maybe my favorite, like very brief cameo that has nothing <laughs> to do with the story, but like I totally wanted to know more about what was going on there. <laughs> I was wondering if there was one in particular that you liked. It sounds like you were a no on that, Amanda. Um, a particular character that I liked. I mean, Camilla seemed pretty cool. I mean, she was dead and all, but on the flashbacks, she seemed like she was a pretty together girl. Yeah, she seemed more interesting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was the wrong kid who died. <laughs> I mean, that's probably no, her guilt. <laughs> uh, that Camilla was going places, but uh, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the relationship and how it's like we were talking about how it's kind of violent? <laughs> oh, the, with the brands? Yeah. Well, the whole thing was really weird. So he retaliated against her when he thought that she had called child services on him, right? That was way harsh. And did did he ever be like, you know, it was wrong for me to retaliate, even if I had thought that you had done that? Or did he just start writing up plans to who it actually was who turned into child services, what he was going to do to that lady? It doesn't seem like... That's a very good personality type. I will react swiftly, strong, and hard and take you out at the kneecaps if I think that you've done something to hurt me. Like That was one of the things that she was wondering because after uh, they started playing Sponge's poem or whatever, she's like, you know, had he, have they been rehearsing this song? Has he had this in his back pocket to use against me? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it wasn't actually answered, I don't think. But he did apologize and he was like, yeah, that was pretty douchey. And she's like... Yeah. But I forgive you. <laughs> but w- did he like say he was sorry it was douchey in general, or was he just like, it was because I was mistaken? He he apologized. He, yeah, he did. Okay. And he said it was 
he's like, I realized or I learned that it wasn't you that called. Yeah. And he knew the behavior was inappropriate. Oh, he, he, did, did, he admits from that. Like, yes. You were just not guilty of what I thought you were guilty for. Therefore, my punishment did not fit your crime. Like, okay. No, he admits that the behavior was over the top. But like both of them are really over the top, you know. Although I really enjoyed the smashing the pottery scene, I felt so bad for that teacher. Oh my god! Bad for the students. Like they worked hard on that shit. <laughs> well, I think it and was the, the leftover po- pottery oh. that nobody had taken home that she'd like set out as examples. Oh oh oh. So okay, I don't think it was anyone specific because they hadn't made them yet. It was like the first day of class or something. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot of like destruction of property. Yeah. <laughs> was there any character that you particularly liked, Britt? Um. I liked Angela. I kind of like her her romance with old dead Renaissance dudes. Like <laughs> old and then dead she actually Renaissance dudes. <laughs> she actually like wrote the letters and was like, Why can't these like juvenile high school boys be more like you? You were like, <laughs> you know, an inventor and a painter and a this and a that and like huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought that was funny. She is cute. Yeah, that was cute. Something that I wish, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about this at the end when we talk about, like, unresolved things. Oh, yeah. That's the next one. Okay. I think I found the the fudgesicle part. Cool. It's just so funny. <laughs> Number one secrets people have added to the board religiously. Every day I check, and I hope, and I'm disappointed. So to hell with hoping. I want a fudgesicle. <laughs> <laughs> Hell with hoping I want a bicycle. <laughs> I mean, that's been basically my life every day since 2016. <laughs> Everyone needs a fuck it bicycle. <laughs> just like in, in there. Uh, that's a very high school thing too. Just to go over to a friend's house and get like a popsicle from the freezer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, thing I have for drinks is, um, which they had a lot of drinks in this. Uh, that were not alcoholic. They have the cream soda with lemon. They have, well, the closet beers were alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then the strawberry milk. I was like, who actually drinks strawberry milk? Oh, I did. <laughs> I grew up like kind of way trashy and we would get the strawberry quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would just, that was like the best nectar in the world. <laughs> just watching the powder and getting it to a perfect sludge. <laughs> okay. I think I did the strawberry a couple times. I was like, no, we need the chocolate. The powder, I definitely ate just the powder. Oh yeah! Oh my God, kids, kids <laughs> and sugar. I liked Ovaltine. Ooh, I, I had that one. I never had that one as a kid. It's sort of chocolate milk. It had a weird malty, almost like aftertaste, which I really liked. Um, yeah. Do you like y- Yoohoo's? Yoohoo was too watery for me. I didn't like Yoohoo. I have a friend from the East Coast who's obsessed. You can only get them at like certain places in the Bay. They don't. They don't sell them in a lot of mm. spots. Speaking of drinks. This book takes place somewhere in Oregon, right? Portland yeah. adjacent. Mm-hmm. The author definitely says pop one time instead of soda. And I'm like, is the author from like the Midwest and that was a slip up Actually, or something? I think Oregonians do, do that. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was just a Midwest thing. Okay. Because there's like a lot of similarities between. That's why when I moved to Portland, I immediately moved away. <laughs> because <laughs> it was so like the Midwest where I grew up. Just industrial and gray. And like, yeah, every, it's exactly the same. I think I, I say soda pop. I mix them because of being up in Washington and then having folks from mid, mid-country. Okay, so the unresolved mystery. The biggest mystery of the book is actually never solved. Um, clearly, you were not okay with it. <laughs> um, how did it affect the story for you? I was actually fine with it. I was like, 
thinking no matter who you was, I was going to be disappointed or like not happy with the resolution. So I was happy that it did not be, was not resolved. Very, very, very few times do we actually get books where things are not resolved. And I like, I love it when an author does that or like kills off somebody that we like. So, you know, like makes the big move to like not tie it up in a neat little package. I liked it. I don't like surprises. <laughs> so I need to like know it going in. So like with, last month and um the walls around us like i knew going in this was going to be like a prison ballerina ghost story unreliable narrator kind of thing and i'm like all right so it's going to be one of those with like we're not really going to get clear answers and the author's going to leave it up to us to figure it out but like i don't know i feel like she just she searched so she went literally went all over town trying to find this person and like it just felt like it was just around the corner or just another clue and like we're gonna find out we're gonna find out and then it's just like, we don't find out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> why? I think it's because it was the teacher. I think and it was I the teacher, too. And I think they told too. her to take it out of the book because that <gasps> would relieve too many unresolved mm. like things. Like, we have to deal with this now. Like, the sister was not the sister I knew. She's having an affair with an adult. What does that mean? Mm. Like, Because that does open up a whole other thing of, like, it's not appropriate to have a relationship with a student when you're a teacher and... Yeah, like, this are there going to be consequences? And, like, that's why I thought, because who wouldn't just come forward? Like, unless there was a reason not to come forward after she put that stuff in the air. I don't know. I just feel like that was an editorial decision rather than an authori- mm. authorial decision. I do like that it wasn't heteronormative. Like, she was open to the possibility that it could be a guy. Maybe it's a girl. I don't know. Based on her dating history, it's probably a guy. But, like, it wasn't just, who's this man? Who's this boy? Mm-hmm. Like, it was... Oh, that was like a just breath of fresh air that it wasn't just automatically assumed that it was a dude. I definitely thought it was a college guy that she was dating in high school. But now that you point out that the teacher was the student teacher, I think that's, yeah, that's... Because he was like younger, but they said he was 22 or something. Mm. People thought he was hot. They called him the bod, (laughs) which is just kind of weird. He had a school trip to New York. Yeah, the school trip. He He had a high school... Lan- the lanyard of the high school but a college keychain and like in the letter she said like I'm leaving you behind in high school but I mean because he teaches. and like once she got those pictures in New York that she didn't immediately go okay well let me just cross reference who was on this trip and start making my guesses like I was like you just don't want to find out at that point because mm. that's what how many kids have you got on that trip like 15 20 I was thinking that that person could have traveled separately if they were like an adult you mm. know but your point is that if he was on the trip, then yes, that's easy. Yeah. And he was in the audience at the, her big Camilla exhibit. They like mentioned him by name, like mm. uh, Principal Wu was there and teachers, including so-and-so and so-and-so. And he was mentioned and like, this is it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I guess, I don't know, whatever. If you look at it in a metaphorical way, she's like learning to let go, you know, of not knowing everybody's secret, not knowing all of her sister's secrets and um, letting go of like this guilt that she's carried around. And so I guess I just have to let go. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> you're the book Brit. Let go. <laughs> I have to let go of the fact that I don't know who you is. I think we know. I don't know. I'm, I'm convinced now that you've said that. I'm like, that's I'm gonna clearly who it is. I'm going to get my conspiracy charts out. Of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think points. your point is probably correct. Like that would have made, that would make it a harder sell for, for people to have in high school or to like sell to young people because that 
those relationships are taboo and frankly should be, you know, like, uh, I think that would really change the dynamic of the book and probably actually make me dislike it if that was, that was in there and like as the, and like made okay in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I don't have anything else to say. You want to bring anything else up? There was something else that was unresolved that was bothering me. And now I can't remember what it was. Okay. I guess it didn't matter anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. I was thinking about it when we were talking about the last section. And then I was like, oh, I should save it for dessert or drinks because we're talking about unresolved things. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. I was asking about, yeah, what characters you liked when you were asking about Oh, yeah. So what I didn't like was the ambiguity although I guess maybe that's like another thing where it's like more realistic but there's no clear cut right or wrong answer on whether it is okay to interfere like for someone's for someone's greater good in a way like she finds this would-be suicide note almost from Cody and befriends her and you know gives her something to look forward to and probably did stop Cody from killing herself. But then, like, Cody got pissed and was like, oh, so I'm just your your charity case and your blah, blah, blah. And she was this close to calling social services before um, the friend's mom called. And she's like, well, I'm glad somebody did. And, like, there's there's not a right or wrong. We don't get, like, a yes or no, you should or shouldn't interfere with someone's life when, like, they're in danger. And I kind of like wish that there was more of like a, a yes or no. Well, and she kind of the boyfriend constantly posits that she is a busybody who is always trying to solve people's problems. Then, then at the end, he was like, "It was a good thing that you did because you've made this whole impromptu family kind of thing." Mm. So I thought it maybe came down to the side of like it is good. You think it was? That's what. Yeah, I thought that that's what the book's message was. Mm. That like. I think the reason it wasn't okay to interfere is because she didn't tell them why. It wasn't that she was like reaching out to them or getting in their business or whatever. It's because she didn't say, I found this thing. Do you want to talk about it? And like that is, so she manipulated them in a way instead of being genuine about That's true. But not with, not with a brand. Right. Because she's like, I am going to tell an adult or whatever because this is not cool that you're being hurt. And then someone stepped in and did it for her. And she was just like, well, it wasn't me, but I'm glad it happened. But then he assumed that she wasn't telling him, right? Because she'd already done that with the other folks' behaviors, which is why he reacted the way he did. It's a good question. I had a person who I definitely, like, tattled to my mom about that was getting beat by her parents. I don't know what happened from that, but I was not welcome at their house anymore after that. You know, like, that friendship definitely changed. I mean, we were in grade school at that time, and... I don't know how often it was happening, but she had bruises from a spoon. And I was like, even when I was like eight, I knew that was not okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't understand why Cody was mad. Like, so basically she saw a note and was like, there's a person in need of kindness. I will go and be kind to this person. Like what grand master schemes was she running or whatever? Like that we think she's so underhanded. It's just, I think not underhanded, just not genuine. Like, do you actually want to be my friend? Yeah. Or am I just here as a charity case to make you feel better? I don't even know if it's necessarily that. Like, I was thinking of it as your interest is not in me as a person. Because she, 
you know, she makes plans with her to go to the movies. Like, literally just, here's a person who is in danger of killing themselves. Let me, like, delay them or give them something to look forward to. And it wasn't a genuine interest in Cody as a person. I don't know if it was necessarily to make herself feel better. But it was to, it was more, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't about Cody so much as I need to save this person. And not like, oh, Cody's really cool. Maybe we'll get along. Maybe we can be friends. It was like, I don't know. I can see both sides of it. Like when people make GoFundMes for people when they're not the actual person who needs the money and they do it on like someone's behalf instead of like engaging with them and being like, oh, let me. Mm. That's something that happens a lot in uh, in our weird world today where we can't actually pay for things without. Oh my God, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but you know, there was like even during after the ghost ship thing, a lot of different people were making GoFundMes and then some of them were like, is this really going to go to the people? Is this yeah. money actually going to be given to the people who need it? Do they actually want this? You know, and in many ways, it's really hard to know what people's motivations are. Um, especially because we don't treat people like people. I mean, nobody's going to have, like, genuine, pure, platonic motivations when they're talking to somebody else. Like, if I don't know a person and I'm trying to make friends with them, it's not because, like, I know them and I only have pure intentions. Like, I would like friends. Let's make friends. Like, so I don't understand what she did was different from that. Like, this girl needs a friend. I could be her friend. Let's be friends. Like, it was definitely a bit contrived. Yeah. I also wish that the parents... And I know we talked about, like, you know, the parent aloofness thing, a thing, but the the parents were going to a grief support group. Even before the mom got therapy, like therapy, 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 individualized, they were going to a support group for parents who had lost kids. Like, why didn't they put Juniper in one or see if she wanted, because there was not even an indication that they tried to she get her therapy go. and she... She, that was the thing she said the most horrible thing that anybody said to her is that a, their first group support that a girl told her that her sister was with God now and she, she, she was lucky oh that's and right and that's why she didn't go back that's right that's right okay never mind yeah. I was thinking the parents were like thinking about their grief and not oh about hers her. I mean I they forgot were that part. And the mom well yeah clearly <laughs> thinking about her grief and not hers yeah I forgot that part grief is weird yeah <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Grief is weird. Grief, Grief is, is really weird. weird. <laughs> Go eat a fudgesicle. <laughs> <laughs> Grief is weird. Food is good. Yeah. Friends are essential. Mm-hmm. And also, Brand is very tropey. <laughs> don't worry. He's two hours away now. It, 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 it can't last. The two hours. It can't distance. last. It's probably true. Uh, <laughs> Axe body spray is disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't enjoy it. It's just like have a cloud oh of my gosh. <laughs> like you spray it in the bathroom, and then I have to wait like a good <laughs> five minutes for like the air to dissipate or whatever. Because otherwise, I'm just walking into like a cloud of like oh my gosh, whatever scent, and I'm just like oh, I can't <laughs> breathe. Whoever made that shit, I'm like I'm mad at them. I mean. <laughs> Even before that, in my high school, all the cologne that dudes would wear, they would still they would just drown themselves in it. So it's like now it's an aerosolized form, but it was always there. (laughs) Why? (laughs) So uh, Garrett, when you're listening, (laughs) 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 it's not just me. (laughs) 
axe is universally douchey. (laughs) 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 On that note, (laughs) we'll see you next month. All right, book of a teat. Book of a teat. (laughs) You say coke, I say cane. You say John, I say Wayne.